Hello and welcome to another message of the Latter Rain Ministries, where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. As always, we hope that our ministry is helping you get closer to the Lord by helping you understand better His ways. If you have any questions or just need some prayer, please feel free to contact us through our website at www.thelatterrain.org. We would be glad to help. We would also like to make you aware that our English audio messages are now available as podcasts through iTunes. Please look for us in Apple iTunes Store under Podcasts as The Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. We hope this will make it easier for you to stay tuned to our ministry. And now, as part of today's look into God's Word, we'll be going through Proverbs chapter 26. We'll be looking at three main topics of discussion found in this chapter that involve the fool, lazy, and those that speak evil. Please join us for just a few minutes as we listen in to today's sharing of God's Word. Let us pray together for the Lord's direction, guidance, and understanding, and that He may open our hearts and minds to what He wants for us to take in today. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, I praise You and I worship You, O Lord, for Your goodness and Your mercy and Your grace. Blessing and honor and glory be to You, O Lord, Heavenly Father. Lord, I give You thanks for Your Son, Jesus Christ, for the salvation, O Lord, that we have through Him. Thank You for the grace that we find through Him. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, O Lord, that You please forgive my sins, O Lord. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, O Lord, that you please now guide us, O Lord, that you give us your direction, that you help us, O Lord, to understand what your will is, what your ways are, Heavenly Father. Open our hearts and minds, O Lord, so that we can be easy, Lord, in your hands. Heavenly Father, I pray for each person listening, Lord God. Bless them, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Today we'll be looking at Proverbs chapter 26, and this is what his word says. As snow in summer and rain in harvest, so honor is not fitting for a fool. Like a flitting sparrow, like a flying swallow, so a curse without cause shall not alight. A whip for the horse, a bridle for the donkey, and a rod for the fool's back. Do not answer a fool according to his folly, lest you also be like him. Answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. He who sends a message by the hand of a fool cuts off his own feet and drinks violence. Like the legs of the lame that hang limb is a proverb in the mouth of fools. Like one who binds a stone in a sling is he who gives honor to a fool. Like a thorn that goes into the hand of a drunkard is a proverb in the mouth of fools. The great God who formed everything gives a fool his hire and the transgressor his wages. As a dog returns to his own vomit, so a fool repeats his folly. Do you see a man wise in his own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for him. The lazy man says, There is a line in the road. A fierce line is in the streets. As a door turns on its hinges, so does the lazy man on his bed. The lazy man buries his hand in the bowl. It wearies him to bring it back to his mouth. The lazy man is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can answer sensibly. He who passes by 
and meddles in a quarrel not his own, is like one who takes a dog by the ears. Like a madman who throws firebrands, arrows, and death, is a man who deceives his neighbor and says, I was only joking. Where there is no wood, the fire goes out, and where there is no tail-bearer, strife ceases. A charcoal is to burning coals and wood to fire, so is a contentious man to kindle strife. The words of a tail-bearer are like tasty trifles, and they go down into the inmost body. Fervent lips with a wicked heart are like earthenware covered with silver dross. He who hates disguises it with his lips and lays up deceit within himself. When he speaks kindly, do not believe him, for there are seven abominations in his heart. Though his hatred is covered by deceit, his wickedness will be revealed before the assembly. Whoever digs a pit will fall into it, and he who rolls a stone will have it roll back on him. A lying tongue hates those who are cursed by it, and a flattering mouth works ruin. As part of today's discussion, or the first part of today's discussion, we'll be looking at the fool, as it relates to verses 1 through 12. We read, Honor is not fitting for a fool, and that rod is for the fool's back. We also read that we cannot answer back a fool with their own foolishness, and that they can never be found wise in their own eyes. We read that we should not send any messages via fool to anyone, or we will cause great problems for ourselves. We read also that a proverb or wise saying is like legs of the lame that hang limp in the mouth of a fool. We read that if we give honor to a fool, that it's like binding a stone in a sling. It also said that a proverb in the mouth of a fool is like a thorn that goes into the hand of a drunkard. We saw that God gives the fool his hire. And we also saw that fool is like a dog that goes back to their own vomit when they repeat their folly. And finally, we saw that a fool has more hope for themselves than a person that finds themselves wise in their own eyes. Basically, if you go through all of it, a fool has nothing but negative connotations or negative impacts. Nothing really good comes out of a fool. So, it is safe to say that we should not be fools and that we should stay away from fools as well if we want for good things to happen to us. Otherwise, if we're foolish or if we keep company with fools, we will only bring destruction and chaos to our lives. I'm guessing that some of you may be wondering, what makes a fool a fool? And if we want a right answer, we should define a fool by what the Bible calls a fool. According to Psalm 14, a fool is defined by a person that says that there is no God. And if we take as a whole all of the examples in association with foolishness in the Bible, a fool is further defined as a person that not only does not believe in God exists, but that they persist relentlessly in that disbelief and that all of their sins involve their disbelief in God. Basically, they sin, because sin is foolishness, like if God does not exist, because they believe that no one is watching them, and that they will not be judged for what they do wrong. So let's look at this through the very practical eyes of the Word of God, if you will. For starters, if a person does not believe that God exists, then they don't have the incentive or reason to look at doing what is right according to the, what God says. They will invent their own form of right and wrong, so absolutely everything they do and believe is 100% subjective. And this is the world we live in today. According to the Bible, we live in a world of fools, where people choose their own standards for right and wrong 
based on their opinions, assuming that God will do nothing to them. And I use very loosely the word standard because, quite frankly, there is no standard. It's chaos and anarchy. And if a person persists in their foolishness, thereby taking on the full definition of a fool, it turns into insanity as Einstein defined it. Einstein said that the definition of insanity was doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Let's look at an example of what foolishness would look like. And this would probably make Henry Ford, the creator of the assembly line, turn in his grave if it were possible. Let's suppose a car company hires employees with no training or knowledge of building cars. And this car company puts these employees on the assembly line and tells them to do whatever they think is right. Those are the only instructions. There are no car diagrams to follow, no process for assembly, just parts and tools, and that's it. And again, that they should just do what they feel is right. What do you think is going to turn out at the end of the assembly line? I can't even imagine, but I can guarantee that it is not going to be a fully functioning car. I can tell you that much. And if we look at the consumer now, would you use your hard-earned money to buy a vehicle from this car company? I doubt it. I mean, it sounds all very crazy, right? Well, this is the way the world runs. And this is what most people do when they follow society's ways. People are doing whatever they think is right without any kind of training or regard for God, the one who created everything that exists. And must, most people follow this group and invest their time, their energy, their money, their very lives in the lifestyle that is built by this very subjective machine. This is all foolishness. And it is insane if a person thinks that things are going to get better if they keep doing the same thing over and over again. You see, the world may give you different answers on how to resolve things. But the insanity is when a person looks to the same organism, if you will, all of the time for their answers. The world might tell you one thing one day and another thing a different day, but it's the same twisted machine that is spitting out the information. So who is the bigger fool? The one that believes that there is no God or the one that follows those that believe that there is no God? Can anything good come out of a broken and malfunctioning system? No. So foolishness, as the Bible describes it, cannot help anyone, least of all help in the spiritual realm. There is no eternal life in foolishness, no wisdom. There is only chaos and destruction and a sure path to hell. Jesus described it like this in Matthew chapter 7, where it says, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in it. Because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. The second part of today's discussion involves the lazy, and this takes us from verses 13 through 16. We read that the lazy just worries about things like a lion on the road or a fierce lion in the streets, but does nothing regarding the situation, because they're lazy. We saw that a lazy man turns on his bed like a door turns on its hinges, that basically is compared to an object with no destination. A lazy person is going nowhere. We read also that a lazy person buries her hand in a bowl, something that contains some sort of food, but that their laziness does not allow them to grab what is there and bring it up to their mouths. Unbelievable, right? 
And we finally read that a lazy person is the one that thinks that they are wiser in their own eyes. Being lazy is something that brings nothing good as well. Yet we are surrounded by people that do choose to be lazy. Because I'm sure that no one that is hearing this message is lazy, right? At least that is the hope. Logic would dictate that if there are things like lions on roads or in the streets, that we do something about it. And more importantly, that the action that is taken is guided through God's direction. There are all kinds of terrible things out there, and we need to do something. We can't just sit there and wait for someone else to figure it out, out and solve it for us. That's what the lazy ultimately waits for, for someone else to solve their problem. They don't take any initiative. Here are some things that we need to keep in mind. God has created everything, and He created man with free will. In addition, God has already paved the way for salvation through the death and resurrection of His Son, Jesus Christ. Furthermore, God has given us His Word, His instruction through the Holy Bible. And finally, God has granted us full access to His Holy Spirit if we accept Jesus Christ as the Lord of our lives, thereby surrendering our lives to Him. Considering all of this, we should then understand that God has taken all of the necessary steps to not just give us access to eternal life, but to equip us for every good work, to be able to do good in every aspect in our lives and around us. All that is left is for us to seek and search for all of this. That is the work that coincides with grace. If a person has not come to Christ yet, then the work is making the decision for Christ. If a person has come to Christ, then the work is to search for God's instruction in His Word, which means we have to read and study the Bible. And if we read and study the Bible, then the work is to put into action in our lives what He teaches us to do, starting by making up, if possible, all of the wrongs we have done to other people. We have to try to right the wrong. This is the fruit of repentance that the Bible talks about, that when there is true change and transformation, then a believer should try to repair the damage they cause while they're living in sin. And finally, following Christ until the end of our days is the work that needs to happen in order to receive what God has in store for us. So you see, it is all a complement of things, of God going more than halfway on everything and us taking those few steps to meet Him somewhere in the middle, thereby exercising our free will. But if you are lazy, then nothing is really going to happen. One of the greatest and most lazy things I have heard from some people is that we don't have to do anything and that we are all God's children and that everything will happen on its own. If a person possesses that mentality, they are displaying that what they want is for everything to be done for them, that they don't want any kind of responsibility, and that they're unwilling to take any initiative. Ultimately, a lazy person is synonymous with being irresponsible. And irresponsibility is one of the key teachings in today's society. We live in a world that is full of lazy and irresponsible people. It's not a matter of judgment. It's a matter of just seeing things for what they are. Could you imagine if the Apostle Paul would have been lazy? For starters, he would have never studied the Scriptures in his youth, which was something God clearly used throughout his ministry. And of course, nothing else would have happened. We would not even have an idea of who Paul of Tarsus was. But Paul was not lazy. 
Even though he was struck down by God on the way to Damascus, Paul got up, being completely blind. He kept going. God healed him. And from there, he did not stop. He was persecuted, beaten, stoned, imprisoned, and even shipwrecked. Yet he remained determined to keep going. Paul traveled over 10,000 miles, preaching the gospel to the known world and establishing churches wherever possible. Paul was an example of someone that was not lazy and irresponsible. So, do you want eternal life? Seek after Jesus and make Him the Lord of your life. You want to grow in Christ and find your purpose in this world? Read and study the Bible daily, allowing for God to guide you through His Holy Spirit. Do you need to eat? Get a job. If you can't find a job, pray for God to guide you and do what He tells you to do. You want a career? Go to school. You want to lose weight? Get into a diet and an exercise and do it faithfully. You want a family that is well-founded in God? Spend time in prayer, seeking for the Lord's guidance, spending time with your spouse, spend time with your kids, teaching them and encouraging them, and yes, work with your hands to provide for their needs. Does this all sound like work? You bet. And it is hard work. But if you want anything good in life, especially God's blessings, you have to work hard and be responsible, following the Lord's prompting. If you are lazy, and if you surround yourself with lazy people, you are going nowhere good. There is no room for laziness in God's grace. Grace does not mean in any way, fashion or form, that we need to be idle. There is always something that needs to be done, especially when we are focused on the Lord. At the very least, we should always be spending time in prayer and reading and studying the Word of God. And finally, we read of people that speak evil. We read of people who pass by and meddle in a quarrel that is not their own. So, of course, they are giving their opinion on what's going on. We read of people who deceive their neighbor and then say that they were just joking. Do you know anyone who says, who says that? That what they feel inside? And then they say, oh, no, I'm, I was just kidding. We read of talebearers, those that like to stir the pot, if you will. We read of contentious people, people who kindle or start up strife. So we saw all kinds of examples of people who say things that are not good, but ultimately people that do not have good intentions. There is one truth in the Bible that refers to what comes out of our mouths. Luke chapter 6 says, For every tree is known by its own fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from a bramble bush. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. So out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. So if we have Christ in our heart and we are obeying him, that is the good treasure that should come out of our heart and also out of our mouth. But if there is evil in a person's heart, if Christ is not in there, then in one way or another, evil will come out. We have to always remember this principle. Every person in this world was created as a container, if you will. And as the container we are, there is always something that will fill the void. That is the whole purpose of a container, to carry something, to be filled with something. If you look at a glass that is empty, it is not truly empty. 
Science teaches us that if a glass looks empty, then it is full of something that is invisible to our eyes, like air or another invisible gas. So in the same manner, if Christ does not fill the vessel of our heart, then there can only be one other thing, and that is evil. Remember that there is only good and evil in the universe. There is no third element, per se. Right now, and because of our sinful nature that is still part of our life, even as believers, we are a combination of good and evil. And that's why we need to continue being dealt with through God's Word and the Holy Spirit, so the evil within us can be reduced over time. That's where the work comes in, the type we explained just a couple of minutes ago. So we need to be aware of speaking evil. We really need to think about what we are saying and doing. And of course, we need to be mindful of what is coming out of the mouth of people that surround us. And I'm talking about beyond foul language because some people focus way too much on foul language and they ignore words and actions that are far worse than some bad words. Words do mean something, especially when they are coming from deep within and with the intent to cause harm in one way or another. Jesus said this, Do you not yet understand that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and is eliminated? But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and they defile a man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands does not defile a man. So you see, we need to pay attention to what comes out of our own mouth and the mouth of others. And if there are things of concern that do come out of our own mouth, we should do something about it. In every kind of situation, whether a person's a fool and or surrounds themselves with fools, whether a person is lazy and or surrounds themselves with lazy people, or whether a person speaks evil things and or surrounds themselves with people that speak evil things, everything does have a solution in Christ. A person can stop being foolish. A person can stop being lazy. A person can be transformed inside out and reduce over time that evil that is inside of us all. There are two wonderful words that the Bible tells us that we can lay a hold of and they are repentance and conversion. Every single person in this world has enough free will to choose for Jesus Christ and to find the salvation and transforming power that can only be found through the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. Here is the power of God's grace, that God so loved the world that He sent His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, so that all who believe and follow Him can find eternal life and be transformed into His likeness. So. If you want for your life to change, take a step forward, God, and meet Him in the place where you repent and convert from all of your sins and make Jesus the Lord of your life. If you do that with all of your heart, you will begin experiencing God's regenerating power. He loves each and every one of us and desires for each of us to experience Him in an intimate, personal, and powerful manner. Anyone can stop being a fool if they choose to stop being one by believing 
that there is a God, the Almighty and Eternal God of the Bible, that will reward each and every person according to their works, whether good or evil. And the grace we find through Jesus Christ can make all of our works good before His eyes if we follow Him closely until the end. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, I give you thanks, O Lord, because you give us the instruction and you shed light on what could be our realities. We all have issues, Lord, every single one of us. Heavenly Father, we all got things that we need to surrender to you. Lord God, I pray for, for each person listening, Heavenly Father. Lord God, that if there are things that are just that are just not good, that they may understand and accept that they are not good, but that they don't just stop there, that they put those things before you, Lord God. There are people that, Lord God, right now are listening that have never come to have that personal and intimate relationship with you. They may do so right now. And Heavenly Father, there are those that are listening that maybe have strayed away or they're probably warm or cold. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you help them understand to put that warmth or cold before you, Lord God, and to make that decision to change once and for all. Heavenly Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you help us to have humble hearts, soft hearts, that we might be able to see our mistakes, our issues, our sin for exactly what they are to just put them before you and to let you work in our lives. Help us, O oh Lord, not to be foolish. Help us, O oh Lord, not to be lazy, Lord God. And help us, O oh Lord, to be filled with your word, with your knowledge, with your wisdom, that that may flow from within us and not our sinfulness. For our own good, but for the good of others that need to hear of hope and of love and of just all of those things that you want for us to have. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks and I praise you because you love us and because you want for our lives to change. You want for us to go to a better place, to be better, to be, Lord God, the great and wonderful treasure that you want to create out of each and every one of us because that is what you truly want. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks and I praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Please join us again next time as we continue studying God's Word. And please feel free to write to us through our website if you have any questions or just need some prayer. Our web address again is www.thelatterrain.org. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.